Our reading today is from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 3, so I'll just give you a few seconds to find out. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My name's Joel, I'm the minister here at St. Stephen's. Uh, it's wonderful to be able to open up God's word with you again this morning. I just have one quick notice before we take a look closer at these verses. Uh, that is that next Sunday we have our church picnic. Uh, it's going to be out on the, the fields out the back there. So it's, it's a wee way over that way. Uh, it will be straight after the service. So uh, we'll send out an email this week with some of the details. Uh, but if you yeah, if you book that in, it would be great to spend some, some time together after the service and uh, enjoy, hopefully, some sunshine. Why don't we pray now and then take a look at these words. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of faith. Help us to continue on in faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, over January we've had uh, a couple of one-off sermons and we're continuing that trend today. We're looking at these verses in Hebrews and the reason, full disclosure, uh, this is a passage I've been teaching through in my group at the Equip Conference over the past week. Uh, and it's a, a great summary of how the Christian life is to be lived. Uh, and that is why we're going to look at these verses now. Uh, Nigel Taunton is also known as the priest in some circles. Uh, you should see his picture up on the screen. He was a, a mascot for a major league baseball team, the Atlanta Braves. He bravely wore this turquoise spandex suit. And uh, during the break between innings, he would race fans over... 160 uh, metres in a segment that came to be known as Beat the Freeze. Uh, contestants would get a, a five second head start and they'd try and beat him to win $100. And in 2017, one guy came very close. He was 10 metres from the finish line in the lead when he got a little bit ahead of himself and started trying to get the crowd going as he ran. Another photo up on the screen. Uh, and he, he got a little bit of a shock when, when the freeze caught up to him, to the point where, where he lost his footing, and this happened. He, he landed face down, and he didn't finish the race. He got complacent, and it cost him. Now, we're thinking about the, the Christian life as a, as a race this morning. That's how the author of Hebrews describes it. To run the race is to live a life of faith in Jesus. In most races, it's, it's winning that counts, but this race is all about finishing doesn't matter whether you enter the race when you're 70 or whether you enter it when you're 7. It's all about making it to the end. Because failing to finish this race is the difference between eternity in God's presence and eternity under his judgment. And unfortunately, this, this idea of failing to finish well is something that we see more and more, uh, and more than we'd like to. The joy of someone following Jesus seemingly running the race with vigour replaced by sadness as they fail to keep going. 
Because so many people start the race and, and seem to be running well, but then all of a sudden they're, they're no longer running. They've lost heart. They're discouraged. And it raises the question, how do we keep going in this race so that we make it to the end? That's the question that, that this uh, passage answers for us. A little bit of context before we begin. Hebrews is a book that is like an extended sermon, giving the reader confidence in Jesus. We don't know who wrote it, but the author, because the author doesn't uh, identify themselves as, as they do in other letters, but he's just spent the, the whole of chapter 11 motivating the readers by reminding them of the faith of their ancestors. People like Abraham and Moses and Rahab, people who he refers to as a, a cloud of witnesses in our passage today. Chapter 12 calls on Christians to continue on in faith, much like their predecessors. Throughout the letter, he's been giving the believers confidence because of Christ, so that they can keep going. And in these three verses, he has three things that will help us to continue running, either until God calls us home or when Jesus himself returns. And we see the first thing that helps us run the race of faith in verse 1. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now the question is, what are the things that we need to rid ourselves of in the Christian life? Sin is the obvious thing, so let's start with that. Uh, and the picture we're given is of sin easily entangling. doesn't take much. Uh, I've recently had a newfound respect for people with long hair. Uh, we stayed with some friends a while back, and, and one evening, the dad had the task of, of brushing his daughter's hair. Big responsibility. Uh, it hadn't been done for a couple of days, and, and judging by the grimaces and the, the yelps, it was, it was seriously tangled. And sin, sin is a little bit like that. It doesn't take long to entangle. It may seem small to start with. It's no big deal, we tell ourselves. We, we ignore it. But before we know it, we, we are deeply entangled. Uh, it ties us up and takes us away from running the race. It happens quickly. One thing leads to another. It may be our behaviours that are entangling us, slowing us in the race marked out for us. It may be our attitudes to God and his people that are causing us to stumble in the race. It was John Calvin who pointed out that true believers sin, but live lives that demonstrate that they're not under its dominion. True believers sin, but live lives that demonstrate that they're not under its dominion. They're quick to repent and to turn away from it when the Spirit convicts them and strive against its presence in their lives. And Calvin's words can help us to see how we can throw off sin in our own lives. If God's Spirit is convicting you of sin in your life, Showing you that it's a problem, then you need to throw it off. Work hard at it. If you're running, throwing something off means that you're leaving it behind. It can be, it can be hard, uh, because sin is often something that, that feels good at the time, uh, and we find it hard to let go of sin, but it's necessary. It might be pride, anger, greed, being dishonest, being immoral, but it's not just sin that the author says we need to follow. It's everything that hinders us. And notice he makes a distinction between the hindrances to the Christian life and the sins that so easily entangle us. Hindrances are the things that, that aren't necessarily sinful, meaning it could be almost anything. It's, it's those things in life that we can end up worshipping instead of God, or those people we, we hold in a higher regard than God himself. 
So it's things we, we give our spare time to. Most things we enjoy. Things we do to relax. Uh, maybe it's reading for you, or it's learning about a particular topic that you're fascinated with, or, or perhaps it's what you do uh, for leisure. Perhaps it's particular friendships. And they're, they're hindrances because they take us away from running the race. We skip church, we, we skip time with God, we, we miss opportunities to grow with God's people. We can quickly move from glorifying God through these different things that, that can bring us joy in life to worshipping these things and allowing them to, to take us away from running the race. If, something, if there's something that's hindering your faith, uh, hindering your relationship with God, then again, you need to throw it off. Reprioritize things. Uh, don't keep letting things slide. We run the race of faith by throwing off sin and also by throwing off hindrances. And while we're throwing off the things that hinder us and entangle us, there's something else we need to do as we run the race. Uh, the second way we run is by persevering. It's there in verse 1 as well. Uh, and I imagine there are next to no people in this world who could turn up and run an ultramarathon, uh, say 100 k's, with, with no training at all. Maybe Forrest Gump would be the exception. Uh, but when it comes to running the race that God has marked out for us, the, the same is true. It takes discipline, it takes effort, it takes stamina, resilience. And this is where so many people have struggled in the past. The lie some of us have believed is that once we become a Christian, once we've entered the race, God will do it all for us. We're saved by grace, we tell ourselves. It's up to God, not us. But Hebrews 12 makes it pretty clear we need to respond to the grace that God has shown us. And one of our responses is to run with perseverance. Not walk around aimlessly, uh, or put the feet up and, and call it a day, but run with perseverance. I'm sure God is the one who helps us to run the race. But there's so many people in life who come to a standstill, thinking that they're, they're on the right track, and they're clearly no longer moving towards the finish line. I can think of a time when I had been a Christian for a couple of years and a similar thing happened to me, uh, almost without me realising it. There was no awareness of, of sin and the, and the hindrances that were taking me away from the race. And the reason we need to run with perseverance is because this race is not easy. Now, that word for race, it can also mean contest or fight or struggle. And that's the Christian life. And like running, it can seem great for a short moment at the start, but then the struggle kicks in. It doesn't take long before the lungs start burning, the legs feel heavy, the weather's too hot, the headwind is too strong. And we can come up with all sorts of reasons that we've done enough and, and it's now okay to stop. A couple of things we can do to keep persevering when things get tough like that. For starters, know that this race won't, be, won't necessarily be like running in Christchurch. Uh, Christchurch is, is pretty notorious for being flat, apart from the four of course. Uh, but apparently the, the flatness makes running easier. Uh, I'm yet to experience that. But expect this race to be to be full of high peaks that will no doubt take a lot out of us. It will take a lot to overcome them. There will be steep valleys that are full of surprises. Know that trials and, and suffering will be part of this race. And one way we persevere, which we've kind of touched on, is by looking back at the saints of old. They're examples of faith. But we also 
persevere by looking at those running with us. Uh, some years back, a couple of my flatmates decided on a, on a, Saturday, a Saturday night that we'd run the city to surf the next morning. And so we turned up, and, and surprise, surprise, it was much harder than we anticipated the night before. Uh, from memory, it's a, it's a 14, it was a 14k race, uh, and some of you could probably do that without breaking much of a sweat. But with little to no preparation, having, having crawled through the first 10k's or so, I found myself with, with a few k's to go and, and very little motivation to, to keep going. Uh, and not long after, I was passing a fellow Dapper and, and noticed it was my old PE teacher from high school. And we had a very quick catch up as we sort of crunched along very slowly. I didn't, I didn't say much because talking makes running even harder. And she was, she was struggling away, much like me, but she kept on going. Now at this point, my legs were aching, uh, my lungs, the lungs weren't great, I had no energy, but it's incredible the effect that seeing someone else persevere can have on you. And, and somehow I managed to finish the race in a very slow time, but I got there in the end, and I beat her. <laughs> you, know, you know you're an average runner when you're celebrating being a woman uh, who's just given birth in, in recent times. Uh, one of the ways, now one of the ways we, we persevere in the race of faith is as we see others around us persevere. And there are hints in this passage that, that we should do that. Notice the inclusive language that the author uses throughout. The corporate words. Since we are surrounded, let us grow on sin. Let us run. Let us fix our lives. We're called to do all these things, and as we do, we'll, we'll surely notice one another. As you turn up here every Sunday, as you see each other during the week, as you see the sacrifices that people are making for Jesus, the things they're enduring without giving up, as they ask for, for prayer to overcome the sin and hindrances in their lives, it's a reminder that others are persevering with you, and it encourages us to keep persevering as well. In a race, there will be times where, where no one's around, uh, and sometimes it can feel like everyone else is, a, is at a different stage of the Christian life to us. But take heart knowing that, that others are continuing to run with you. Now, if that's the case, uh, let me ask uh, are you running in a way that's helping others to persevere? Or are you hindering others in the race? Uh, sometimes we do fall into habits of, of complaining as, as Christians one thing after the other, uh, and we don't realise the impact that we're actually having on others. We don't realise how discouraging it can be for others, and that's all we seem to do. And maybe it's because we ourselves have become discouraged somewhere along the way. Uh, there will be times where those who are closest to us, or who are, who are role models in the faith, seem to stop running the race. The person who lives with us, the person who stood by us, pointing us to Jesus through our own trials, now no longer run. That is why, thirdly, and, and ultimately, the writer tells us that to keep running the race, we need to fix our lives on Jesus. Verses 2 and 3. If you want to persevere as a Christian, the best way to do that is to keep Jesus front and centre. He is the one through whom we find strength in this life, and even as we endure its challenges. John Owen was a, a Christian in the 17th century and he writes, Nor shall we endure any longer than whilst the eye of our hope is fixed on Jesus. From him alone do we derive all our refreshment. 
See, the way to endure is with eyes fixed on Jesus. Now, if God is the one who has marked out the race of faith for each of us uniquely, there's, there's no point fixing our eyes on, on someone else's race. I wish my race was like that, more exciting. Uh, I wish there were less of these setbacks that stop me doing the things I thought I would be doing. I wish, I wish my race was more meaningful. For some here, we're spending too much time fixing our eyes on on, on others instead of on Jesus. We should be encouraged as we see others running the race that that God has marked out for them. And we should notice those running alongside us, absolutely. But let's not fall into that trap of of comparing ourselves with others. You can't fix your eyes on, on two things at once. You can't look in two different directions at once. God, God has marked out this race specifically for you. He knows you. He's placed you where he wants you at this season of life. Uh, and the way that he calls you to run is uh, where you are is by fixing your eyes on Jesus. And many runners uh, face setbacks or face injuries, maybe a sprained ankle. And in one way uh, they build up their endurance again is initially through some, some balance exercises. Some of you might have tried it. Balancing on one of those um, balance boards. It's always more effective when you when you focus on one spot. For some of us, we maybe here this morning and realise that there have been some setbacks in our faith. The way to get back on track is, is by having that single point of focus on Christ. We will be with Him when the race is completed, and so we continue to look to Him even as we keep running. He is the one who, who steadies us again when we feel like we're going to fall out of the race. The writer describes him as the author of our salvation in chapter 2. The author and perfecter of our faith. And he's already been described in chapter 2 as the author of our salvation. Here is the author of faith. The, the trailblazer or the pioneer, the, the inaugurator of faith. And it simply means that, that what he's done makes it possible for the rest of us to enjoy the benefits. He's gone before us and we follow him. He's the perfecter of faith, and that is the, the perfect example of faith in God. None, none of those people in Hebrews 11 were perfect in the faith, but we follow the one who is. Christians are, are to keep on looking at Jesus. <coughs> we think back at how he endured the cross for us, uh, which is what we'll do again later as we share the Lord's Supper together. And you may have noticed that phrase that seems out of place, for the joy set before him. There was nothing joyous about the crucifixion. And even, he even prayed for a way to get out of it if God will. But what a way to the outside of that crucifixion brought him joy. What it would mean for us brought him joy. He endured, he endured the shame of the cross, mockery and, and violence of sinful men, but it was nothing compared to the joy that awaited him at God's right hand, at that place of ultimate honour. He ran the race and he kept running so that we might run and keep running. So that we wouldn't lose heart when we're tempted to. And that's why we're told again to consider Jesus in verse 3. Now on our own, we aren't prone to, to fall away from the race that has been marked for us. With Jesus we know we can keep going. Because he kept going for us and he persevered for us. It's a new year. Uh, what's perseverance in the race going to look like for you? this year. Some of you here maybe maybe you've never been in the race. 
There's only one way to enter, and that is through faith in Jesus. One day the glory of, of being in the presence of God awaits. Jesus knew it was worthwhile. Now for others, we need to keep enduring until that day. Not growing weary, not losing heart, because we know it would be a challenge to keep running this race. But we know God will strengthen us for the task as we seek to do those three things. Follow up sin and hindrances, keep persevering, and keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. I pray this year ahead will be one where God does wonderful things in each of us, and where we are encouraged even as we see brothers and sisters running faithfully beside us. Amen.